Welcome back to the island, the fantasy island, double I show coming back to you. I'm Bombo going over some week seven moves to make. These are some things that savvy owners can do to improve their squad, stay one up above all their league mates, and overall get a real feel of what they need to do in order to get that championship at the end of the year. So let's jump right into it. But before we start, as always, like, follow, subscribe, comment to all things Fantasy Island podcast. That's Fantasy Island with two eyes. We'll make sure to be giving you all of the best fantasy football content. That's just three guys just spitting nothing but fire to you, letting you guys know we're here for you and your teams. Let's get right into it. First thing you want to do, start buying into this Cowboys offense coming out of the buy. Now, do with that info as you may, but what we saw against the Chargers was the Cowboys defense and the Cowboys offense clicking at the same time. There were some mistakes, but it's enough on film that the Cowboys should be able to coach those things up. Yes, you want to make sure that C.D. Lamb is getting over 100 yards a game. Yes, you want to utilize Brandon Cooks in single coverage and give him those high-quality looks. And yeah, you want to feed Tony Pollard uh, and use them as a weapon at running back instead of just a bailout for Dak. And Dak, use those legs. All that coming together means every Cowboy I mentioned is fantasy relevant and they have a nice chunk of schedule where they don't have to play hardcore defenses. If the Cowboys start to buy into their own hype and the hype that the media has put out there, they should be just fine. I'd be looking to make whatever deals you can to try to acquire pieces of this offense. I'm letting you know right now, I am far from a Cowboys guy. I am a fantasy guy though. And I do believe in their fantasy players coming out of the bye, juiced up, ready to perform for your teams. Another move you need to make, savvy owners should know this. With bye weeks coming up, we got six teams on bye this week. A lot of fantasy implications with that. If you are 6-0, and 5-1, one of the upper tier teams in your league, no matter how big your league is, whether it be IDP, whether it be full PPR, standard, doesn't matter. If you are on the high side of the winning column, start looking at who's really hurting. Start gauging the temperature of all of the different owners in your league and see who's going through it. There's got to be a guy that's definitely 1-5, in five, maybe even 0-6, who is desperate for a move, desperate for a change. Maybe he's decimated by injuries. Maybe he just has guys that are putting up points who are just not putting up points against teams that he's playing against. Who knows? But a little strategy that I use that I want to pass on to you, you might have to sacrifice a win one week in order to win in a trade. Let me explain. If you got a team that has nobody that they can start at running back because both the running backs are on a bye and they've been all underperforming, Take a look at those running back schedules. If they got a nice schedule coming up, real fantasy friendly, throw that guy a trade. Take that guy off his hands. Give him somebody he could use this week so he doesn't have to be stuck in by Armageddon. Now, maybe it makes your team a little weaker this week, but guess what? You're 6-0. and You're 5-1. and You can sacrifice that week in order to add a piece for your team that can push you through the fantasy playoffs and through a championship. Well worth it. It's time to do your research on your league mates, folks. Check your league mates underperforming players. Check their bye weeks. Check to see how desperate they are. Throw those league mates that are going through it a lifesaver. Send them a trade that can possibly get them a win this week. Get their confidence up. 
and you're getting a piece in return that you'll be able to use later. Trust me, it works. Not only that, but if your league mate gets a win, it's a trade line that is forever open. They'll always do a deal with you. It's going to happen. Another savvy move to make going into week seven, check for Aaron Jones and Saquon as straight up high stakes gambles. That's why you're playing fantasy, right? You roll the dice. These guys are coming off of injuries and when healthy, they are such a huge part of their offenses in PPR formats, especially these are do everything bags, three down catch passes, catch check downs can take one carry to the house, can take one pass to the house at any time. Yes. They're coming off of injuries. Yes. They are on offenses that aren't seeming to be clicking right now. Well, that's because those guys are the offense. The Giants are losing because Saquon's not in the game. And even when Saquon's in the game, the Giants necessarily aren't trash. Like they are competitive as long as Saquon was being held in check for, I would say, an hour and a half this past Sunday night against the Bills. And the next thing you know, on one drive, he gets like 80 yards just, just on the ground. That's his first game back. Same thing with Aaron Jones. I know it seems like it's so long ago. The last time we saw Aaron Jones be Aaron Jones, he finished as a top three running back for the week. So that's what you're in it for. These are the gambles. These are the players that you want to stick with. And if you've already held them this long through their injuries and were able to squeak by on some wins on a healthy bench, feel free to start these guys going forward. I think they're going to pay off dividends. And if they're not on your team, throw a deal out to the owner to see if you could acquire these guys. I see nothing but upside from these two going forward and any other player that's like this that you can think of. A hurt player, a player that's coming off of IR, anything like that, because you can get the Cooper Cup effect. Player can take use the IR time to get right. He'll always be a vital part of the offense. And when he comes into the game, he hits the ground running. That's what I foresee happening with Aaron Jones and Saquon. Make a deal to acquire them. If you already have them, hold steady. That's the gamble that could pay off. And another move that I want to go over for week seven, it's time for all of us to consistently evaluate our rosters. We are at the halfway point for a lot of us, and now's the time to look at everybody. Yes, I know you probably are looking at your roster and thinking, this guy's untouchable. It would take a monster deal for me to, to trade off this guy. Well, you know what? The reality is you could probably get that monster deal. What do they say? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Me personally, what I do, sometimes I'll just go on a trade proposal frenzy. Everybody in my league will have two or three trades in their inbox waiting just for them to take a look and evaluate, just to get the, just to get the conversation started on, you know, do you want to move this guy? Do you want to move that guy? Hopefully your league has savvy owners and they're either sending you back counter trades or opening up those lines of communication via text or messaging or whatever and saying, hey, do you want this guy? I don't want to lose this guy. What else can we do? And then you get those lines of communication going, those trade lines open, the old silk road. So a few things that you want to do, if piece of advice for those who are 6-0, and 5-1, and one, even 4-2 and two in really competitive leagues, if you have your starters, your set it and forget it, and you got some, you know, a semi-decent bench, start looking at stash opportunities because you're probably going to make the playoffs. Now, when the playoffs come, we've seen it every year. There's always that group of players that turn it on post-week 11. 
We've seen it with Jarek McKinnon last year. You know, we've seen Justin Jefferson. We've seen Amon Ross St. Brown. All these guys were fantasy ifs up until it really mattered. And they helped get guys through the playoffs and to championship. Some names that I'm going to throw out there to keep an eye on. And I know some of you guys are going to be like, who? Don't be that. Do your research. Check these guys out. The upside is way up there if you have that stash position on your bench. Justin Ross from the Chiefs. Keaton Mitchell from the Ravens and Malik Cunningham from the New England Patriots. Do the research. Justin Ross is probably talent-wise and physical gifts-wise the most complete wide receiver on the Chiefs right now. And they're right now just working him through the offense. The more he knows about the offense, the more playing time he'll get. But one thing to remember, the times that he has come into the game, he immediately gets targeted as a first read option from Patrick Mahomes. That's not nothing. That's a thing. Do your research on Justin Ross. If he starts to get more run on this offense, he has the potential to be a league winner. Keaton Mitchell for the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens backfield between Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, they're enough to not lose the game, but none of them have that spark. None of them have that juice. Keaton Mitchell was a preseason wonder. He was showing big burst. His combine scores show that he's pretty fast. He's a 4-3-4-4 guy. And it's something that Baltimore running backs are pretty much missing out of. It's the field has been missing since J.K. Dobbins went down. Keaton Mitchell, if you have the stash spot, just came off of IR this past week. He was activated. He didn't get any carries, but you want to follow the trends. You want to spot the clues to show that this guy has upside and there's promise. And recently, Kenyon Drake was just kicked off the squad, gave, given his papers, because Keaton Mitchell is here to stay. Yeah, you still have Melvin Gordon on the practice squad, but it tells you a lot that the Ravens did not go out and look for Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette or any of these other players off the couch. They actually were very comfortable when J.K. Dobbins went down with what they had in-house, one of those players they had in-house, Keaton Mitchell. And this is the way, way, way out on a limb coconut statement. This is just me. By no means do the other members of the island promote this. But Malik Cunningham from the New England Patriots. Rarely do you see a guy get a three-year deal from the practice squad to the main roster. He, just this past week, was promoted from the practice squad. They signed him to a three-year deal. They made him active as the second quarterback and Bailey Zappi as the emergency quarterback. For those who don't know how emergency quarterbacks work, if Matt Jones were to go down in that Raider game, Malik, Malik Cunningham would have been the one that took over for quarterback. Bailey Zappi was only available if both quarterbacks got hurt. This guy came off the practice squad as a special teamer and wide receiver and then was thrust into this Raider game as the backup quarterback. Matt Jones is on the hot seat. It's no secret. There have already been rumblings that the locker room has turned on Matt Jones. If, and I say if, Bill Belichick decides to hand the offense over to Malik Cunningham, if you know anything about the Patriots, that's what Belichick has always wanted. He wanted it with Cam. From his own words, Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Belichick has always wanted that special element at quarterback, that runner, that guy that can extend plays, that guy that can make it happen with defeat, where you have to account for him with all 11 players on defense. If that happens, Malik Cunningham is one to watch. Go ahead, do your research, jump on YouTube, 
Check out his college tape. There's a ton of it from Louisville, but he's a joystick. He's a gamer. Great arm, even better feet. If Malik Cunningham gets a chance, he could be a difference maker. If you got room and there's not a quarterback position limit on uh, in your league for your team, he's a good stash to have. Just pay attention because it could end up being nothing. But like I said, got to follow the clues. Follow the breadcrumbs. This guy went from the practice squad to a three-year deal and immediately got thrust into QB2 with like two days notice. That's not nothing. Hopefully this is some advice that gives you guys just a little bit of a competitive edge on your league baits. Unless they're listening to this too, then it's whoever makes that move first. But you need to make those moves in week seven to improve your team from week seven and beyond. I'm Bombo on behalf of RW King and Mr. Sweet T. This is Fantasy Island and we are out. <laughs> <laughs>